You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Remember the phrase, never again? I saw it growing up in the 70s, actually. There were a lot of TV movies about the Holocaust, and that's actually how I became acquainted with the worst atrocities that ever were committed by mankind, right? Never again. That was the big takeaway. And whatever happened to that? Because it's happening all over again, and everybody seems okay with it. A horrible thing. The worst massacre since the Holocaust happened just last Saturday, and we have people out on the streets supporting what happened. They support the taking of women and children as hostages. They support killing people at a concert, at a music concert, non-combatants, people not in uniform. They are okay with this, and they are rallying to their defense and saying the most vile, awful things about our friend and ally, a very special place, Israel. And it goes on like this, coast to coast, especially on America's college campuses, a group, um, Society for Justice in Palestine, more on that down the road. Uh, remember Black Lives Matter summer? I didn't see any counter-protesters. I didn't see uh, white supremacists pop up and say somehow that the killing of George Floyd was a good thing. Did you see that? I didn't see that. I saw all kinds of skirmishes with police. They were getting in the faces of police. But it's just interesting. There was no... There really was no counter-protest. There were no counter-protests for that. And the media, they tell us they understand just how bad this was. The worst thing that happened since the Holocaust to the Jewish people. This is the largest massacre of Jews since the Holocaust. What Hamas has done to Israel is the worst suffering of Jews anywhere in the world in any single day since the Holocaust. This is the most... Um, Jews that have been murdered since the Holocaust. I agree with all of them. I totally agree. That's true. It's historic. We know. We can look at the numbers. Then why is our entire culture trying to trivialize this, especially MSNBC, actually? Take a look. This is what they call it. Israel versus Hamas, right? The war. Israel versus Hamas. Like it's a Boston versus Detroit, and it's a hockey game. This is the war on terror, something like... Israel versus the terrorists, I think, would be better. But it, they're not actually processing that, that that way because they might offend the squad. They might offend Barack Obama. And they might offend Black Lives Matter. Um, 
and I have to review that for a moment. George Floyd, one man, Israel, nearly 2,000 and counting, and hostages still in custody, taking women and children. The outrage level here and the protests are bizarre and the lack of corporate interest. You know, I really don't think corporations should necessarily have a position on politics, but this goes beyond that. And if they're going to take positions on everything, why not take a position on this, the greatest atrocity since the Holocaust? I want to show you, let's start with a few. This is Apple, right? The iPhone people. Uh, what did they say four years ago during George Floyd? And what are they saying about the worst things since the Holocaust? I want to address the topic of racism, inequality, and injustice, and to recognize the pain being felt throughout our nation, especially in our black and brown communities after the senseless killing of George Floyd. Hey everyone, welcome to my study with me video. I am very excited to start studying with you guys and getting some work done. You know, a lot of people find it helpful to have someone there with them, like a study buddy. Yeah, they got a new tutorial program at Apple. They, right, isn't this kind of pathetic and weird and uh, maybe a little bit anti-Semitic, right? Something's wrong. How about the football, right? The NFL, Roger Goodell, look at how his heart was broken uh, in 2020 and look at what the NFL is talking about now. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. LA 28 is going to be a game changer. Maybe I'll see you there. The NFL, for some reason, is all excited about the Olympics next year. They're promoting the Olympics next year. Hey, how about Nike, uh, the sneaker company? They're really uh, woke and into it, right? Um, remember Colin Kaepernick? He was their spokesmodel for a while. Let's look at them three years ago and what they're up to more recently. That's so cool. That shoe is so cool. You see what's happening here, right? For some reason, they just don't seem to give a damn. All about George Floyd, nothing about those 2,000 Jews and counting. Wow. Tells you where their sympathies lie. Let's go through the tweets, shall we? Tweets. They can actually put out a tweet, can't they? McDonald's 2020, Black Lives Matter. Yes, we stand with Black Lives Matter. Trayvon Martin and the rest. McDonald's more recently. What are they telling us about? Uh, a new... <laughs> Okay, McDonald, Ronald McDonald is still around. Good, good. All right, let's take a look at what is this? What company is this? Uh, Netflix. To be silent is complicit. Black Lives Matter. Okay, yes, we have a platform. We use it. Netflix 2023. Now, uh, some new show they're pushing that I will not watch. I can't keep up with all these shows. Uh, all right, let's take a look at another one, shall we? Ooh, Disney. Three years ago, we stand against racism. We stand uh, for include. This is all for George Floyd. One guy. And all these Jews get killed and they're talking about. Oh, my God. Another another cartoon that we don't need. It's probably woke. You see how this goes? Why? Why? Why won't they condemn? Why won't they talk about? Why won't they make it a thing like they made George Floyd? Because of these women, the squad. Yes. The Democrat Party. These three four idiots 
well, I shouldn't call them idiots, but I wouldn't do that for now. The squad, they're morally bankrupt. They're craven. They're out of their minds. And they're socialist and they're anti-American. I take back the idiotic comment. And what gave them the impetus, the encouragement? Barack Obama. Yep. In big ways and small, he undermined this country in so many ways and made it a twisted mess. And I think he's still running the show. And who does Barack Obama listen to? One of the worst anti-Semites to ever live, Louis Farrakhan. I mean, this guy, and look at them, happy together. Can you imagine? It's incredible. And he doesn't get called on it because they actually agree with this stuff. A little bit of Louis Farrakhan and what he stands for. Uh, Louis Farrakhan on Twitter. I'm not an anti-Semite. I'm just anti-termites. Okay, Louis, pals with the president, President Obama. And here he is, live. And I'm here to separate the good Jews from the satanic Jews. Yes, yes, yes! So I am dangerous. Not to you. Unless you feel that Father Flavors... All right, that's enough from Lewis. I want to turn the volume down. He gets really, really weird. Okay, and hateful. And this man thrives and is accepted into presidential company. Never again, they told us, never again. That brings us to Joe Biden. Didn't say the right thing for a long time. And now he's finally saying it, but saying it weakly and saying it, you know, the way Joe Biden says things. Mr. President, given these two wars and the dysfunction in Congress, are you sure that you want to run again? Yes, because I'm sure. Look, when I ran, I said the world's at an inflection point. The world's changing, but we have an opportunity to make it. Don't you hate it when they go like this, when they listen a little bit too intently? Anyway, back to Joe. So imagine if we were able to succeed in getting the Middle East put in place where we have normalization of relations. I think we can do that. Imagine what happens if we, in fact, unite all of Europe and Putin is finally put down where he cannot cause the kind of trouble he's been causing. We have enormous opportunities, enormous opportunities to make it a better world. Hey, hey, normalization in the Middle East? Uh, Putin contained in a unified Europe? What is that? That's, is that a fantasy? No, that's the way it was under Donald Trump. It was like that under Trump, exactly like that. All right. The 60 Minutes interview was something. Uh, Trump pointed out that the answers were provided by the interviewer in the question. Check it out. You would like to see a humanitarian corridor that allows some of the two million Gazans out of the area. Yes. You would like to see humanitarian supplies brought into Gaza? Yes. <laughs> He's really helping him a lot. The whole media universe helping this man. Why? I don't know. I really don't. I mean, don't they like a good story? This guy has got conflicts and corruption up to... Anyway. You saw the skill that Hamas has, right, and the equipment. Where did this equipment come from? I mean, Gaza is essentially cut off, and they don't have much of a manufacturing base. It's believed that a lot of this equipment may have come from Afghanistan. And what happened in Afghanistan? We left a lot of stuff there, a lot of weapons, a lot of equipment. 
Let's go through it. Uh, we left. You named the weapon system. <laughs> it's probably there with the U.S. serial number on it. And now it's all over the world. Seven point one two billion dollars worth. This is from the Department of Defense. And let's break it down a little bit further. Forty thousand military vehicles, twelve thousand. Be- Look, they're not just going to let this stuff sit there. Some arms merchant is going to come in and start selling this stuff all over the place giving it away. Our enemies are in charge. Um, they're shooting us with their, our own guns. They're shooting our Israeli brothers and sisters with our guns, potentially. All right. One more thing from Biden. It makes a big difference how we end this war. And it makes a big difference to tell the American people the truth about what our options are in ending this war. If tomorrow... The order goes out from the president. I'm president of the United States. I issue an order. End the war today. Begin to withdraw all American troops. It will take a year to get the American troops out. Do you hear me now? That's the truth. It will take a year to get them physically out. Now, if you leave all the equipment behind, you might be able to do it in seven months. And you leave those billions of dollars of weapons behind, I promise they're going to be used against your grandchild and mine someday. Did he have to get into that woman's face to make that point? What is it about him not respecting people's personal space? And what is it him not taking away that very basic kind of common sense piece of logic? Anyway, whatever he had, he lost. Whatever experience he had has been squandered and forgotten, whatever. We are in a very bad place with this man at the helm. He's going to Israel, by the way, on Wednesday. I wonder if they will... I don't know. Will he help the situation? One other thing. Israel has been incredibly humane throughout all of this. Don't believe the media reports. Good day. I'm Andrea Mitchell in Washington, where the humanitarian crisis in Gaza is worsening by the day. No electricity, no water, no Internet. We can't communicate or know what's going on. Seriously, this is not a life. In Gaza itself, well, there really is a humanitarian crisis that is unfolding because there is no fuel, there is uh, almost no water available for people to drink and bathe with, and uh, no food coming in through the border because of the Israeli blockade. Humanity. Humane. I want to show you again those hostages being taken, right? Turning off the water company doesn't compare to this. It doesn't. It, and there are stockpiles of, of, of food and water and medicine inside Gaza. The Israelis, unlike the terrorists, have told the people in Gaza what to do, where to go for food, water, and shelter from the aerial bombardment and the ground invasion. You see that? The, these are leaflets coming in provided by Israel with little messages on them telling them where to go what to do. This is something that has been done by civilized countries for a very long time. And would a terrorist ever give the Israelis a heads up that they were coming to slaughter women and children? Of course not. But look at what the Israeli Defense Forces did. The IDF is calling for the people of Gaza to evacuate to southern Gaza for their safety. We are calling on the residents of Gaza City to evacuate southwards for their own safety. Not just because it's international law, because it's our values, our morals, and we demand no less. Our warnings are to save Gazan civilians. As that 
beautiful. That's beautiful. It's civilized. It's the right thing to do. And uh, I admire that. The terrorists, they should get what's coming for them. The innocent, please follow the directions. Coming up, Congressman Matt Gates. He just blew up Congress. And uh, I'm kind of proud of him, actually. <laughs> we'll be right back. Whenever news breaks. A lot of destruction there. It was really the front lines in the battle. And wherever it happens. And humanitarian corridors opened up this morning. We're trying to go rescue a 96-year-old lady that doesn't have anybody to take care of her. They're using ingenuity. They refuse to give up. That's incoming fire. Come on. Yeah, let's get down here. Newsmax is there for you. Well, Kevin McCarthy enjoying the perks of the job that he had for a little while. Yeah, no longer the Speaker of the House. Look, you know how I feel. It had to happen. Matt Gates was the man on the floor of the Congress there. He looked like Mr. Smith goes to Washington. It was a big, bold, gutsy move. Uh, and now we still have a vacancy on our hands. We are joined by Congressman Matt Gates, Republican of Florida, who changed the world and is also known to be the backup host on Greg Kelly Reports from time to time. <laughs> Congressman <laughs> Gates, welcome back. How are you? How's life? Uh, right now, I'm very excited about Speaker-designate Jim Jordan. The opposition to Jim Jordan has dwindled down to the single digits. And if we are able to convince just a few more colleagues to uh, go with the rest of the Republican Congress in getting Jim Jordan the speakership, I don't think there'll be a single viewer of Greg Kelly reports who doesn't appreciate the upgrade that we made at the position of Speaker of the House. I think you're going to see it right away in our oversight work. Subpoenas that were bottled up are going to get out the door. I think we're going to be able to finally get a subpoena to Hunter Biden. And my hope is that we'll be able to put some downward pressure on all of this spending. I just saw a report today that you know, we had tens of thousands of Americans just this past month go into bankruptcy up 18 percent from a year ago. Bidenomics isn't working for people. And the House of Representatives is the only institution in our federal government that people can place any hope in when you look at the Schumer controlled Senate and an administration spending more money, more weaponized against our fellow Americans. So Jim Jordan will be a great and inspiring leader. We got a little more work to do, but we feel like we got the wind at our back. Right. He's not speaker designate yet. Right. That's you rooting. That's me rooting, too. I, I'm totally with you. Our audience would like it, I think, very much. But he's not a designate yet. Well, wait, hold He's on. He's been designated by the conference. So the technically, the speaker designate when, yeah, when you're when you're nominated by the conference in the majority party. But you know, as as you said, until you get to the floor with only a four vote margin, uh, anything is is still game. All right. Let me ask you this: the media has been trying to portray the House as engulfed in chaos. I have my thoughts on that, but uh, let, let me let me play uh, SOT three if you don't mind. Stand by. Well, you know, it's so unfortunate. Uh, I've been through a number of speakers during my 30 years here. Uh, I've never seen anything like this. Here's what Congressman Michael McCall said, the Republican chair of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. He called the situation dangerous. Do you worry it makes the United States vulnerable on the world stage that we don't yeah. have a speaker it, of the it, House, it, Senator? It, it, does the dysfunction that we've seen in Congress increase the danger in the world? Yes. Look. This is not your father's Republican Party. 
30% of it is made up of these And he goes on and on and on. I, I think that you know, there's dangerousness at the border, uh, Congressman. The fact that we don't have a speaker, somehow I don't find that dangerous. Do you? All last week, the Senate was off just as a part of their regular vacation schedule. Every single year, the United States House of Representatives takes six weeks off for a summer vacation. So the notion that we've taken two weeks to move out of neutral and into drive with a speaker, Jim Jordan, I hope, is worth the time investment. You know, I'm not worried about the last two weeks, Greg. I'm worried about the last nine months. The fact that in the last nine months, all we've really done in the House is, is extend Joe Biden's authority to accrue as much debt as he wants until January 1, 2025. And we've passed a continuing resolution to continue the spending policies of Nancy Pelosi and the policy choices that were negotiated in an omnibus bill that most Republicans and conservatives opposed when it was negotiated between McConnell and Pelosi. So we've got to get on the right track. We've got to look to the future. Uh, we also have to unite. Look, not every Republican holds my viewpoint with an America first agenda. And for us to be able to do big things, we are going to have to work together. That didn't work under the past administration. I think that we can have better days going forward under Speaker Jim Jordan because he has the credibility and the honesty and the determination to get the job done. So Congresswoman Nancy Mace, one of the eight who voted with you, eight altogether. Uh, this is what she says about her life post vote. Take a look. Can you explain the A on your shirt and why you wore it? I, I'm wearing the scarlet letter after the week that I just had last week, being a woman up here and being demonized for my vote and for my voice. I'm here to let the rest of the world know and the country know I'm on the side of the people. I'm not on the side of the establishment. And I'm going to do the right thing every single time, no matter the consequences, because I don't answer to anybody in D.C. I don't answer anyone in Washington. I only answer to the people. All right. You know, uh... I know you can take it. Can she take it? What is life? Seriously, what is the pressure like on the eight? Some there, getting it more than others. What is life like for you? I know that there are some people who are really angry about what you did. Not around here, but they exist. No, undeniably, the House Republican Conference is the only room in America outside maybe some lobbyist conference rooms where the removal of Kevin McCarthy wasn't popular. It was popular with most Americans. It was popular with most conservatives. Nancy Mace certainly has a unique flair, but she has been a very consistent conservative when it comes to spending. She is a deficit hawk, and she saw that we weren't getting the votes on balanced budget amendments that Kevin McCarthy had promised us. We, we didn't even have a budget. We couldn't blame Biden and the Democrats for that. The House of Representatives still needs to advance a balanced budget. Uh, so, yeah, the pressure is tough. But really, this is about taking the power away from the lobbyists and the special interests and putting someone like Jim Jordan in a position to advance the needs of regular Americans. It's a similar energy to when President Trump got in office, because finally it's not going to be whoever wrote the biggest check at the fundraiser getting special access. If you have good ideas, if you have a way to make life better for the people of this country who work hard every day, we're going to have a shot to get those ideas on the floor for votes and for consideration and must-pass bills, unlike any other opportunity we've had in certainly my seven years in the Congress. Well, it is very exciting, and you're in the middle of it, and uh, really, hats off. And by the way, what are you doing tonight? It looks like you're wearing a, is that a black jacket, black shirt, and a black tie? What's, it's a uh, green what's shirt, on man. the agenda? It's, hey, listen, it's always darkest uh, just before the dawn, you know?
<laughs> well, it's cool. It works for you. I don't know if I could pull it off. Congressman Matt Gates, we appreciate it very much. Good luck and uh, give our best to hopefully the next speaker, Jim Jordan. And we'll be right back. I will, Greg. Thanks for everything. You bet. What will happen next? We're expecting a ground invasion like one we've never seen before, perhaps, of Gaza by Israel. Uh, they are positioning ground forces. They already are fighting the air campaign. But you got to go in on the ground. That's what that's a conventional wisdom right now. Uh, let's see if it holds up. Uh, for more, we go to Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North. Of course, he became internationally famous during those Iran-Contra hearings. He totally owned those senators and congressmen. Um, he has amazing experience, Vietnam, combat experience as a Marine Corps officer. And since then, traveling the world as an international war correspondent. There is not one hot spot over the past uh, several decades that he has not been to. And we're fortunate to have him with us tonight. Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, U.S. Marine Corps retired. Sir, welcome back. How are you? Great. Semper Fighter Marine. Don't forget, you're also a Marine. So I want to remind our audience that you and I uh, served together in that place called Iraq. Uh, they pulled me out of Afghanistan, sent me to join you guys who were already there. And we had the wonderful opportunity to keep company with heroes. And there's some great, great heroes right now on the border of Gaza getting ready to go in and rescue hostages and hopefully put an end to what's going on in, in Gaza at the hands of Hamas. It's important to note that Hamas is also holding tens of thousands of Palestinian civilians hostage inside the Gaza city and using them as human shields and ultimately for propaganda value. You know, Greg, despite months of political polarization in Israel, Prime Minister Netanyahu has formed a multi-party war cabinet, and they're unified on the pledge to destroy Hamas. That means they're going to have to act very forcefully inside Gaza and likely very soon. Delay, unfortunately, makes it more likely that Hezbollah will launch a major attack on northern Israel from Lebanon and Syria. It's important to remember, Hezbollah, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, and a host of other terror organizations in Africa and elsewhere would not exist but for the Ayatollahs in Iran. God only knows how many of these terrorists have entered the United States across our southern border. The Biden administration has allowed Iran to avoid financial sanctions already in place. It's unconscionable. The $6 billion that the Biden administration agreed to release in exchange for five American citizens held illegally in Iran is a pittance compared to what they've made from oil exports to China, Russia, and others. You know, Israel's called up about three-quarters of their reserves to respond to the Hamas-led terror campaign. You know, the IDF has called for the evacuation, you're showing it right there on the screen, of evacuation of the area north of Gaza City. And, and of course, there is a, a shortage of water, food, medical supplies, and the like. The, the, the reality of it is, Gaza is only 25 miles long. It's 7.5 miles wide. There's a 32-mile border with Israel, north to south, seven miles long, a border with Egypt. The west side of Gaza is the Mediterranean coastline. I don't want to say too much more about that because my guess is it, you, you could see some real action out there once this, once this operation has begun. Sure. Makes sense, Maureen. Uh, by the way, Iran, you've been to Iran, haven't you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And you have spoken to the, the home. very few people 
have had the access that you've had and the experiences you've had at that level. Tell us a little bit about them. I mean, it's a mystery um, to, for a lot of us. What, what, what are they all about? Well, the, the hope was that there were moderates within the, the government. And that's why President Reagan authorized me and several others to include former National Security Advisor Bud McFarlane to go, and several CIA people and the like. And a remarkably brave Israeli, my counterpart in the Israeli government, Amiram Nir, went with us carrying an Irish passport, as the world now knows. Look, the, the Islamic Jihad terrorists who were dispatched to kill my wife and children was from the PCLS, the People's Committee for Libyan Students. I, I just note, everybody's talking about the intelligence failure. This is not Israel's 9-11. This is Pearl Harbor. You remember, Station Hypo in Hawaii had broken the Japanese code, but they couldn't get anyone up the chain of command to pay attention. Same thing here. Right. What's happened there? The post-op review is going to find that there were personnel in Mossad and Shin Bet and our national security agency who had the same problem. It's going to take months to find it out, but it's it's, it's a systemic failure. Situational awareness. And you know, you know this because you and I not only learned it in the Marines, we learned it in spades by being out there covering it. You were actually wounded. I, I was wounded later on in, in a place called uh, Ramadi. You were wounded you know, covering, God bless the United States Army, the, the reality of it is situational awareness distracts, particularly if it's politics, like here in the U.S., and the political turmoil that was rocked by those trying to bring down Netanyahu. Yeah. The college campuses, look what's going on there. Here, I, I want to encourage all of our viewers, get a copy of the book that's up over, the, over my shoulder. This is it. You wonder what's going on in the college campuses and why? All you have to do is read this book. It's all about why hatred of Jews is so rampant. And I just knocked my computer on us. That's okay. Yeah, the bottom line of it is what we need to be doing is the right things, the smart things. Here's what we ought to do to help Israel and ourselves. One, immediately secure our southern border. Notify Iran that if Hezbollah comes into this fight from up north, we will shut down permanently their oil export capability. Third, we ought to convince al-Sisi in Cairo to open up a major secure refugee city south of Rafah, the border crossing into—because the, the, the Israelis have done a wonderful thing of warning people, look, we're coming in. Get south. Go south. And just south of the Rafah border crossing is a wonderful place to do it because you have a seaport. It's not big. Sir, I, um, forgive me. We're running out of time. Yeah. Jump to the third point. Yeah, well, college campuses— Support Hamas. Protests are happening. Get a copy of American Gulags. Okay. And re remember this. Remember this. Congress has got to get back to work. That's probably the most important thing that we can do right now to make sure that our support for Israel is really support for the American people. And in 10 seconds, if you don't mind, this Jake Sullivan, national security advisor, does not seem strong, does not seem knowledgeable. How does he strike yeah. you? No, no. This administration has been pandering to Iran now since they came into office. The $6 billion that they were willing to give up to get five Americans back, the fact is tens of billions of dollars have already been allowed to get through the sanctions program that's not working all because of this president. We can shut down that oil supply, and we ought to do that if the Iranians allow Hezbollah to come into this fight. Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, it's fantastic seeing you and talking to you and having shared some of these experiences with you. Thank you, sir, very much. Semper Fi, Marine. God bless you. Pray Semper for our country.
Absolutely. And get American gulags, Marxist tyranny in the higher education and what to do about it. We'll be right back. Newsmax shoots it straight. No talking down to me. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. Newsmax. They don't tell me how to think. They let me decide. Real news for real people. So did you hear Donald Trump is under a gag order? The judge says he can't talk about uh, the case against him, the January 6th case that's going to trial on, in March. He can't criticize the judge. He can't criticize the prosecutor. This is still America, right? I mean, what is so special about a judge or a prosecutor? I actually don't understand this at all. And let's face it, these guys, it's easy to make fun of them. I mean, and you should. The prosecutor with that silly purple gown, uh, that guy needs to be made fun of. Look, Trump has every right to push back. Night and day, every second of every day, the fake news is ripping on Trump relentlessly. It sounds something like this. You get the idea, and it's like this all the time on cable, on broadcast, on the Internet, on social media. It's all kind of stacked against Trump. And they say he can't. One voice can't, can't say stuff. That's kind of crazy. You know, it'd be one thing if the media were doing their job and questioning public officials, you know, raising issues about the judge and her conflicts of interest and the prosecutors and his conflict of interest. But they don't. They just kind of watch these people come and go like this. I'm deeply proud to stand shoulder to shoulder with them. Thank you very much. Why Florida, sir? Why did you decide to bring... These women and men are public servants of the very highest order, and it is a privilege to work alongside them. Thank you. Why didn't you charge any of the other co-conspirators? That's Jack Smith after he announced uh, two indictments of President Trump. There's like one guy. Uh, why didn't you indict? <laughs> where's, where's the outrage? Where's a thousand reporters to make? Come back, come back. We don't have that. We don't have it with him, and we don't have it with his boss, A.G. Garland. Mr. Smith is the right choice to complete these matters in an even-handed and urgent manner. Thank you all. Mr. Attorney General, you pledge to release any written... I am confident that Mr. Herr will carry out his responsibility in an even-handed and urgent manner and in accordance with the highest traditions of this department. Thank you all. Have you ever spoken to the president about this investigation, sir? I am confident that Mr. Weiss will carry out his responsibility in an even-handed and urgent manner and in accordance with the highest traditions of this department. Thank you. If you as Attorney Weiss had the authorities he needed... Okay. Uh, they got very aggressive there. Two people were asking questions. He just sails out of the room and that's it. And then the media, they, they just go back to doing what they do. You see, all right, so it's going to be my job uh, to make fun of, no, I'm sorry, to, uh, to investigate and raise questions about Judge Chutkin, who was at the same law firm where Hunter Biden worked, 
who has a record of saying very incendiary things about January 6th defendants. And after that, I got to do a bit more research. Uh, Jack Smith, let's see, uh, very strange purple garb he wears. Uh, the International Court, he was over there for a reason because he was really crummy here in America, couldn't secure convictions, he overcharged. And oh, by the way, his wife makes documentaries with Michelle Obama. That's just for starters. If President Trump can't do it, he's got friends and allies who will. And I'll be right back. American aircraft carriers on the scene, Eastern Mediterranean, very much close to uh, Israel, we're told, in Gaza. Does this make a difference? American authorities and media seem to think so. We have moved urgently to respond to this crisis and to send, to send a strong message of deterrence. The USS Gerald R. Ford Carrier Strike Group is now in the region. The aircraft carrier that was sent uh, to the region is there to send a message uh, to other players in the region not to get involved no matter what. The U.S. DOD is moving forces into the region, right? I mean, basically that message of sending the aircraft carrier group closer was don't mess around here. Don't escalate this further. I don't know if these crazy terrorists give a damn. Uh, we're joined by Blaine Holt, retired U.S. Air Force general, and Christian Witten, uh, veteran of the Trump and W. Bush administration, senior fellow at the Center for National Interest. Uh, Blaine Holt, it seems like a kind of an old school maneuver moving the aircraft carriers and thinking that people are going to get nervous. Is it? It is an old school maneuver, and it doesn't seem to be deterring anything at all. Um, what I'm hoping is, is that the presentation of forces is going to be explain soon to us, the American people, about what is our strategy, what is our plan. You see, you can put carriers anywhere you want, but, but honestly, American leadership now has to stand up with the microphone and the bully pulpit and say, that's America right off your coast, um, and this is what we're going to do. But we haven't even so much as consulted with Congress, the American people, no message from the Resolute Desk, nothing. So why would we deter anything? All right. So, hey, it looks like they're... Um releasing video of hostages, Christian Witten, uh, a young girl wounded uh, on a filthy bed. It just came out a little while ago. Uh, they say they'll start releasing hostages if the bombing stops. What do you think? Well, it reminds us these people are, are just savages. This is not sort of the equivalent of, of a government with which we can negotiate or deal. We're dealing with terrorists. We're dealing with people on the level of al-Qaeda or ISIS here. Uh, we're not actually dealing with them. Israel is doing that. And, you know, you go to places like CNN.com and they're talking up a supposed humanitarian catastrophe because Israel is no longer providing free water to Gaza. Our attention should be on the Israelis who are saying goodbye to their family members who have to go off and and, and fight this threat to civilization. That's the humanitarian story uh, that's going on. Um, and as to you know the carriers, I think General Holt is exactly right. It comes down to intent. When Donald Trump put aircraft carriers, or at least a carrier group off the coast of North Korea, I think it got their attention because they knew there was some resolve coming from the White House. Uh, not so from this White House. Hey, the Gerald Ford's impressive. She cost $13 billion to build. She's our newest carrier. But what are we going to do? Start bombing Beirut? Um, there's just no explanation of what the U.S. role is here. And there's still also this effort to explain away the role of Iran. All right. So uh, I want to show you the video that the Israeli Defense Forces released. They got it off of a Gaza terrorist body cam. And uh, my reaction is these guys are uh, 
They're kind of bozos. I mean, they're not professional. They're obviously terrorists. This is not a uh, well-trained professional organization by any means. They did a lot of damage, but they are, they're animals and they're disorganized and going after civilians. They're breaking into a civilian, you know, it's just crazy. Are we supposed to be scared of them? Are we supposed to be impressed or intimidated? What's the, what's the takeaway here, General? We're the American people. We shouldn't be scared of anybody. But the Hamas group is layered. The thing that we have to answer is, how did they blind the Israelis in the initial phases of getting out of Gaza? Where did the training take place for the para, uh, glider forces? Um, they, they are a little bit more sophisticated, and they actually were running a pretty uh, a specialized operation. We have to answer those questions because that's how you're going to formulate a strategy. And to Christian's point, if we're just going to lie to ourselves and say Iran's not involved, if we're just going to play make-believe and say Hamas uh, did this all by themselves, even though um, they get all their funding and weapons and training from Iran, then we're not going to get to a, an adequate solution here. And we're tempting World War III based on how we mess with this. Um, the next thing we should look at as the Israelis uh, commit themselves is the north, a second front with Hezbollah, a third front with Syria, and potentially a fourth with Iran itself. Hey, what about this? Okay, Iran is involved. Let's say they know Iran is involved. If they say it, you know, we got to bomb it right away. Uh, and, you know, maybe we want to do that, maybe we don't. There's a time and a place for that. General, is this possibly a little bit of uh, disinformation on our part? And maybe, just maybe, it might be helpful. Maybe we don't want to put out everything we know right now. Just thinking out loud. I wish it were that sophisticated. We're not. If you go back and look at what we did in Kabul, how we could have deterred a war in Europe and we didn't. I think this is more about politics and the embarrassment of $6 billion going their way for five terror for five uh, uh, hostages, $10 yeah. billion being released from an Iraqi bank account, and 50 to $60 billion for Iran as we look the other way from sanctions, recouping them, resourcing them to do all of these things. And, and I think that's what this is really about. But that's Cr my opinion. Gotcha. Christian, what do you think? Yeah, we need a political warfare regimen against the Iranian regime. This regime has seen itself as being at war with the United States since they took office in 1979, took power, I should say, by taking our diplomats hostage. And as Blaine just mentioned, there's this broad spectrum of things you can do between the extremes of just talk and diplomacy and actual kinetic warfare, um, economic measures. We can cut off their oil. We can interdict them and see we could stop the mischief that they're causing in the Arabian Gulf and in the Gulf of Oman, where they have actually interdicted tankers on their way from the Middle East to the United States and gotten away with it. Um, and uh, we can side unequivocally with the people of Iran. That's something Biden hasn't done. It's something Obama didn't do when the Iranians took to the streets. Just have this type of clarity that Ronald Reagan had. For example, uh, not that we need to run some CIA operation to depose the government. We seem to be out of that business. But just telling these people we're on their side, that can actually make a difference. Christian, thank you. General, thank you. To be continued, and we'll be right back. Well, I'm off tomorrow night, a Tuesday night, because it's a special event at 9 o'clock. During my show, we're having a town hall for Mike Pence, and it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be hosted by Rob Schmidt. He's actually in Iowa right now. And, um, yeah, that'll be tomorrow at 9. How much do you think we'll hear? How much do you want to bet that we're going to hear Mike Pence say? Very proud of the accomplishments of the Trump-Pence administration. He always calls it the Trump-Pence administration. Hey, he's got that right, right? 
All right, I'll be watching from home, and uh, I hope you watch from home as well. I'll see you the day after tomorrow. All the best.